Welcome to Blitzcast, an NFL Draft podcast brought to you by NFLDraftBlitz.com. And now, your hosts, Alex Kavtov and Ed Hunt. Welcome back to another episode of Blitzcast. This is your host, Brendan Bolin, and today I'm joined alongside my man, the myth, the legend, Ed Hunt. How you doing today, brother? Good, good to see you, Brendan. Good to hear from you and hear that you're at least in good spirits. I know things are tough for you, but, um, you know, I'm happy to be with you. Hey, me too, brother. If, if there's anything to, to bring the spirits up, it's football talk. I mean, this is the one the one escape I think that every football fan in the world has is to just simply dive into the football world, forget about everything else, and that's what we're here to do. That's what we're here to help our fans do. Uh, but before we really get into the uh, content, I wanted to give my condolences to Gavin Escobar and his family. Rest in peace. He unfortunately lost his life in an accident this past weekend. And, you know, Gavin Escobar was an awesome role player for that Dallas Cowboys offense. It's it's truly unfortunate to see these young men, you know, losing their life, man. These are human beings. And, you know, the, the whole NFL community, our thoughts and prayers are with the Gavin Escobar family. So everybody, tell your loved ones you love them. You know, it's it's... At the end of the day, this is all bigger than football. But, Ed, college football is finally back, and we have some crazy, crazy talent coming out of this year's draft. And, you know, with all the talent, I just think that there's not enough players getting spotlighted out there. I mean, it's it's impossible. There's only so many news outlets. There's only so many, you know, draft sites. There's just some people that tend to slip a little bit under the radar, and we're here to help with that. Ed, there's a guy that I really think deserves all the credit in the world, and I just think because of the uniqueness of this prospect, he's not getting that praise he you know, actually deserves. So the player I wanted to highlight for us today, Mohamed Ibrahim, running back from Minnesota. Now this guy's okay. a, he, he's a senior, so uh, he, he's going to be coming out into the draft this next year. Only reason I really think first, he's... First fu- question as a senior coming out for the draft, Senior Bowl, Shrine Bowl... NFL PA Bowl, Tropical Bowl, where does he go? I see him kind of as a Tropical Bowl guy. Okay. Now, we talk about the talent. I think the talent is is just far higher than the Tropical Bowl, but he's just in a real unique situation, Ed. He's going to be a 25-year-old rookie as a running back. Now, I know that is a very unattractive thing to a lot of teams, but um, and, and he did tear his Achilles last year. But holy crap, man, this guy is one heck of a prospect. I mean, if you're looking to get, you know, just a, a role-playing running back for your football team, that mean, gritty third-down back, I mean, power back, Mahad, Muhammad Ibrahim is him, Ed. Uh, he, you know, he's not the most explosive back because he doesn't have great size, he's not the fastest guy, and he's not much of a pass catcher. And, you know, I say these things, you're like, well, he's not those things. He's nearly 25 years old, and he's had an Achilles injury. You know, what, what does this guy bring to the table? Everything else, Ed. He brings everything else to the table. I, I, I say he's not a great pass catcher, but you watch this guy pass block. I mean, he looks like a in-line pass blocking tight end out there. You know, I'm not wow. going to say he's a, a lineman, but... And, that, and that's I, really important. That's really important for a third down back. Like, mm-hmm. if there's something we don't talk about as much in the scouting, but like... They're looking for it at the Senior Bowl. They're looking for it in practice. They're looking for it. They're asking the coaches about it. This is something that NFL teams are really plugged into, especially when they're looking for a third round, a third down guy. 
Exactly. And and the thing is, this guy, he has that that talent to be in every down back. I just, I think with the situations he's been in, you're not going to bring this guy into the league at 25 years old and expect him to be an every down guy. And Ed, you're going to, you're, you're going to freak when I say this, but you know who I see a little bit of when I watch this guy run with the rock? This is Ooh. Nick, Nick Chubb. I, really? I see Why? a hint of Nick Chubb in this me. guy. So, you know, Nick Chubb's a really, he's kind of a shorter compact but powerful runner his contact balance is out of this world and he just he just doesn't go down when he should ed he just doesn't go down i mean i was i was you know i watched all the film and then i got bored earlier uh yesterday i was like well let's just watch some highlights on the guy you know i i know what i know what his flaws are he's not explosive he's not fast but holy crap this guy doesn't go down i mean there was a a handful of runs where I saw him where he's running around the edge and you know he's got a DB draped around him a running or a uh, linebacker trying to get him in the legs and he just keeps him churning I mean his his center of gravity is just so low to the ground because he's a shorter guy and he just runs so low he's just aggressive man he doesn't and I th- I think he knows you know I'm not going to be able to outrun any of these guys so I got to show them that I am not scared to run through them uh, it, it's just, it's unbelievable. And I said he doesn't have great top speed. You know, he, he's not slow by any means, but he gets to his top speed in the blink of an eye. I mean, the acceleration is unbelievable. Uh, if he can get to that second level without getting slowed down by, without, you know, all that traffic in the backfield, if the O-line does their job and he gets to the second level, he's going to break it because he's, you know, he's fast and he's still strong enough. I, I just think that, he, he's just gone so under the radar. I, I look at all these at these lists on the top running backs of next year, and I very, very, very rarely see Muhammad Ibrahim getting talked about. And this guy is on pace to become the all-time leading rusher in Minnesota history. I, I just, he doesn't get enough credit, and I, I think that he has really fallen off on the radar. His name was a lot bigger last year, um, but in week one, he had a, a very scary Achilles tear, and it, it, you know he blew it out of the water, unfortunately. And, you know, he didn't have anything to show for last year. But throughout four games this year, dude, he is showing that that Achilles tear is not doing anything except for making him stronger. And you got to love to see that out of guys, especially a running back. You tear something that is one of the most important parts of being a running back, and you come back 10 times stronger. I mean, that doesn't show that that goes to show how hard of a worker he is, how great of a physical specimen this guy is. And not only that. It shows how strong he is mentally. It shows he has no quit in his game. He is always striving to get better and get back into where he was. And I, I don't know, man. I just think if he gets into the right spot in the NFL, he could really be a dangerous, you know, compliment to, you know, how the, the Browns have that, you know, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt type of guy. I truly think he's talented enough to be a starter on the next level. I just, I, I think with the injury, the age, it's kind of unattractive to players, but his ability to, I, and, and you know, before I go any further, I want to say this guy is absolutely a zone scheme running back because his ability to find that hole, wait for it, and then make that single jump cut and take off, it's it's unbelievable. He is the prime example of a zone blocking running back, and you know it. That's that's another reason why he reminds me so much of Nick Chubb is because that's the same system the Cleveland Browns run. That's what Nick Chubb is so good at doing is carrying it outside and. You know, there, there was a, a play, Ed, where it was supposed to be an outside zone. I'm pretty sure this guy was supposed to carry it outside of the tackle, but the defensive backs were coming down outside of the tackle unblocked, and 
the A-gap is completely open. Only issue is, you know, he's six yards away from the A-gap. How the heck is he going to get there? Oh, it's no issue. He makes a one cut and somehow travels six yards through the air and gets all the way back into the A-gap after being outside of the tackle. It's just, it's unbelievable to see him that have that explosiveness or that like strength and cutting ability in his legs, especially after that serious injury he experienced in 2021. I just, I cannot express enough how talented Muhammad Ibrahim is. The only thing holding him back is that unique age situation, that unique injury situation. But folks, I promise you, when this guy reaches the NFL level, he's going to surprise a lot of people. I really believe it. I, I mean, I really like the idea of, you know, using a seventh round pick on a guy like him. I mean, what do, what do you think about that? No, it, 100%. I mean, what do you have to lose in it? Uh, it's, it's you know, guys in the seventh round, yeah, you're putting, you're, you're still putting that that value and investment of a seventh rounder. But if you can get a good four-year career out of a guy in the seventh round, I think you take that all day, every day. I really do. I mean, I mean, the seventh round guys, I mean, the only thing you really can ask them to do, the only thing you can really expect is they make the practice squad, right? Like, that's all you can ask, right? Right. You're, you're not asking them to be the star player. You're asking them to be in a position yeah, to help be, the rest it, of your team yeah, get better. compete for a roster spot. And, you know, the, the only certainty is that you maybe stick around for the practice squad, right? Like, and, and that doesn't always happen. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you, you add him to the mix. You add him. You know, he makes, you know, he, he, he competes for a team. Um, my kind of question is, is with these, you know, sort of day three guys is what do you, what do you think of him as a special teams player? Like, what is he, what is he going to bring to a special teams unit? I mean, I use just the way that I've seen him work his butt off to get back in the position he is. I really think he could be a fantastic special teamer. I think this is the type of guy that you put in an opportunity to prove himself. He's going to do whatever you ask him to do. He doesn't care if that's special teams. He, he I mean, heck, he's not going to care if that's cleaning up the locker room if it gets of an, you know, gives him that opportunity. Seeing what this guy has busted his butt to get back to, I have no doubt in my mind that this guy would be a fantastic special teamer. I mean, and a lot of times special teamers are really just guys that care so much about getting that opportunity that they invest everything that they have into special teams. I could absolutely see him being one of those guys. So if he's, if he's, uh, how, how tall is he? I'm just curious. I believe he's, he's a little bit of a shorter guy, like 5'9". Okay, okay. I was I was saying I was thinking about maybe being that punt protector role. I mean, right? Yeah, but what, what do you think? I mean, he's only five nine. Like you kind of want you kind of want a guy who's like six one to kind of see over the you know the defense when something like that happens. I mean, what? I mean, could you could you use him in that punt protector role? Like what what job do you give him? You know what I mean? Do you have him? You know, do you have him kind of return punts? Do you have him return kicks? Do you have him? You know, what 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 role does he play on the on the special teams units? You know, if, if it were my call, I don't know if I would put him in a return position just because, uh, you know, for my returners personally, I, I need that ex- insane top speed. You know what I mean? But, you know, the vision is there. It's If he wanted to be a return man, I really don't think he would have an issue with it at all. I truly think he would be good. But I could absolutely see him being one of those guys on the punt block team because, you know, you have that powerful low center of gravity. And a lot of the times, you know, it's not really... Uh, the huge defensive players trying to get that punt blocked. It, it's the fast, speedy uh, corners, you know, kind of the stronger, faster safeties. And for a guy like that, I, I kind of want a, a stronger, quicker guy in a sense that has that low center of gravity to just hold them in place. So 
uh, I definitely could see him being on that pl- punt, um, punt block and, uh, you know, blocking for a punter, essentially, even. Yeah, a punt returner. So maybe, like, playing that wing position, maybe? Yep, yep. Yeah, okay. And, I mean, those guys are important. Like, I mean, like, we don't talk about them, right? Like, they're not on NFL Network, right? But, like, they help you win a football game on Sunday, right? Like, it's 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 a vital role that you put on your team, you know? And, and sometimes, you know, with these bottom-of-the-roster guys, it's how many different things can you do, you know? Can you be a backup return guy? You know, maybe you could be the backup kick returner, you know, play kind of that wing role on a – on a you know on a punt return and a punt team and um you know that that kind of thing that kind of thing endears you to an nfl team right like that you know what i'm saying and like they don't talk about it they're not going to give you media buzz but they keep you around you know what i mean they keep mm-hmm. you around for a full contract no absolutely i and i just i i totally see ibrahim being one of those guys that does whatever he can to find his way onto a roster he's just too talented too hard of a worker Ladies and gentlemen, please keep your na- your ears and eyes out for this man. I mean, and next time you're watching uh, college ball, I know not too many people are going to be like, oh, I'm, I want to tune into Minnesota football, but I promise you, if you do, you're going to watch something fun. Alrighty, my friend. Well, I'm super excited for this next one, Ed. And, you know, football, there's there's always a surprise. There's always something that was like, wow, who on earth saw that coming? And this year is no exception, man. I mean, for crying out loud, the, the Dolphins started off super hot. And, you know, I, I don't want to spoil my my big surprise yet. Ed, I'm going to ask you, through three weeks, coming into week four, who has surprised you the most in football? There, There's one player, and then there's one team, I would say, that's really surprised me. One NFL team, Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. One one college player, Dorian Thompson Robinson. I'll tell you, he's he's a really. I mean, he's a senior. He's a really good college player. I mean, he beat up on my buffs. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but UCLA is now headed for the top twenty-five, and they haven't really been a top twenty-five team in college football for a little while but this guy is you know what i mean now that they're going to be moving to the big 10 and that might be kind of that second super conference of the league you know even though they're out in california i mean this this guy is really putting them on the map um and you know he's a running quarterback you can do design runs with him um so he's a great college quarterback but i'm intrigued to bring him to mobile like i just you know what i mean like if he goes to mobile like you know i i I really want to keep an eye on this guy and just see what he does in that kind of pro setting. I'm just, I'm just curious how his game translates the NFL, right? Like I at least bring him to Mobile and maybe he doesn't get drafted, but maybe, maybe he really has a good showing in Mobile and he interviews well. And yeah, this could be a find. No, I, dude, I, I actually, once you said UCLA, I was like, I know exactly who you're talking about. This is the guy that's been lighting up the highlight reels the last couple of weeks. I mean, this guy, this is a quarterback that's hurtling people, Ed. This man is yeah. hurtling people for crying out loud. I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, the, the, what they're going to say is, I mean, kind of the same thing we said with Jalen Hurts, right? Like, you know, can he sit in the pocket, right? I mean, we said the exact same thing with Jalen Hurts. Remember, remember. I mean, you're old enough to remember. Uh, I think you were. You know, Jalen Hurts when when he was at Alabama, the talk was is oh, great college quarterback, never gonna be an NFL quarterback, mm-hmm. right? Look mm-hmm. what Jalen Hurts is doing in the NFL. Look what he's doing in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, playing at an MVP level. Yeah. So so you just you just you know, and and to be honest with you, I was in Mobile when Jalen Hurts was there and. 
he was not the guy who was sticking out like a sore thumb for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He was not. He kind of fell into the background for me. But I don't I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, you know, I, I, I probably five years ago, Ed, the draft analyst, probably would have said, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, great college player, not a great NFL player. Seeing how these guys translate to the NFL, getting a little bit more data, I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Uh, I love to hear that your uh, your opinion on what an NFL quarterback can be is you know has changed because you know just like your opinion the league is changing you know these offenses are finding ways to just make it work to, to you know to adjust and you know almost design plays to let these guys run out of the pocket and just make a play themselves and I, I definitely agree with you that this guy is one to keep an eye on because he just has that kind of it ability you know it's 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 that thing that you can't really coach yeah yeah he he has that uncoachable trait i mean again again i hate to be like this i hate to be that sort of draft analyst who sits there and says can he sit in the pocket can he sit in the pocket i'm sure he can it just that that is that is the big question right that's the that's the million dollar question with him Right. And I mean, and even though, you know, there's guys in the league that have been able to show that they're so incredible at just running around. I mean, a perfect example is, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson was another guy like this early on in his career. Wasn't much of a pocket passer, but look at him now. One of the most efficient pocket passers in the National Football League. So uh, it's definitely something that these guys can figure out. I think it's only, you know, kind of a matter of time and experience before we really can answer that question. But Ed, there's one, there's one team on the NFL level that I, I want to talk about, and I'm just so excited to, to get it out real quick, and then I'll let you get your NFL team. Are the Jacksonville Jaguars not blowing your mind right now, dude? I mean, to be honest with you, they've always had a lot of pieces, right? Like, they've always had a lot of talent. It's just putting it together, having the right coach. That, that's what it is for me now. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and Doug Peterson's the guy that it, I love this for them. And I just have to say the thing that has surprised me is I was a big criticizer of Trevor Lawrence last year. And I, I really thought that, you know, I think this guy's good, but I didn't think that the Jags themselves would be able to get them into a position where he was going to be successful. I mean, you, you looked at all the, you know, all the, the NFL ESPN or NFL network predictions. I think that that everybody had the Jaguars winning three or four games the whole season. They're already two and one, Ed. And I, I just, I I know that the Jags had a talented roster, but it's just the thing about, you know, the Jags. I, I, I had a hard time believing that they would be able to put it together. And it's just, they've been able to do all the little things right. I mean, this, this offseason, they were criticized like crazy, like crazy for giving Christian Kirk, what, $72 million it was? But Christian Kirk has been awesome. I mean, they, they took him from an outside receiver, they moved him into the slot, and they have found tremendous, I mean, tremendous success with, why, why with him. Why was Christian Kirk not in the slot? Like, what, that, what, 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 was, what was making you not, like, what, what, what hit you on the head to not put him in the slot? That's right? I, I think that that's kind of what the Jags were saying, and they're like, this is a guy that I has mean, I, a, could say, I, I could say, the only plausible a- answer to that question is, is they just had too many slot receivers. Exactly. That's, which and, and and to me is is almost kind of strange because the Cardinals they also even you know they had boundary guys as well. It's just uh, I think the Cardinals are a team that game plan wise just struggles tremendously and they struggle finding the right responsibility for people. And the Jags they saw that this guy's talent was being wasted on the outside and they're like 
These people are going to think we're crazy, but we know what the heck we're doing. And obviously they did. And then another thing, you know, James Robinson, he's playing like a top 10 running back right now. He's been one of the most consistent factors in moving the chains in all of football. Uh, It's just, when you had Travis Etienne come back, you know, I thought you're going to have such a tremendous split backfield. I mean, I, I can't remember a play that Travis Etienne's hit the field, but it doesn't matter because James Robinson is that dude. And then not to not to forget to mention one of the best rookie players in the league right now, Devin Lloyd. Devin Lloyd's not only the best rookie linebacker in football right now, he's playing like a top five off-ball linebacker in football. Uh, I can't remember exactly who it was, but there was an NFL player. I'll, I'll hopefully be able to find the name and uh, send it to you guys. But he, he came out and said, I have not seen an off-ball linebacker so pro-ready since since Shaquille Leonard, uh, Darius Leonard, the Colts off-ball linebacker, saying that about Devin Lloyd, I mean, to giving him the same praise as Shaquille Leonard is, I mean, that is incredible. And, you know, Devin Lloyd was just awarded AFC Defensive Player of the Month, not even the week of the month, as a rookie, as an off-ball linebacker. It is so hard to come into this league and not only be a good off-ball linebacker, but to be a dominant off-ball linebacker. And he's doing that as a run defender, at, in pass coverage. I mean, he is doing everything that the Jaguars are asking him to do, and then some. Every aspect of this team is clicking, Ed, but there is one player in specific that has really turned it around and really figured it out and has been the centerpiece at making this team who they are, and that is Mr. Trevor Lawrence. Six touchdowns and one, only one interception on the season. Ed, last season, this guy had six, uh, 12 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. He already has half the touchdowns he had the entire last season through three weeks. You know, he, he averaged an interception a game. He has one through three. This guy has just, he's figured the game speed out. It's, it's slowed down for him. Things make sense, and he, it, it's, it's kind of the same thing as, you know, when Peyton Manning came in the league, he didn't win a single road game his entire rookie year. He led the NFL in interceptions. It's, it was the same thing. And now year two, Trevor Lawrence he beats the crap out of the Colts on the road. Like, I just love what this guy's been able to do, man. I, I love what he's been able to do. He's, he demolished that supposed-to-be-great Colts defense. He manhandled one of the most loaded rosters in the NFL in the in the Los Angeles Chargers. I, I just think after an abysmal rookie year, it's incredibly impressive for him to have found this stride so early in the season. The only thing is, Ed, I want to see how he fares against the team that surprised you, the Philadelphia Eagles. And lucky for us, we get that exciting matchup this week. We get to watch that tomorrow. Two teams that have finally figured out after a few years of, you know, just kind of bad football, man. I'm really I'm really happy for the fans of Jacksonville. I'm really happy for the fans of Philly. I am so excited for them to, you know, to channel this together and see. And I, I, I'll say this. I, I don't expect the Jaguars to win this week, but if they make it a game against the red-hot Philadelphia Eagles, man, you can't be but impressed. You can't say, I mean, that's a win. If they make this a one possession game, in my eyes, that's a win for Jacksonville. Uh, because to me, I I personally had them as a bottom five team coming into this year. Even though roster wise, I thought they were a lot better than you wanted to give them credit for. I just, this is a team that's taking care of the ball. They're not having dumb penalties. Overall, they just seem a lot more prepared than a lot of teams in football. And yet, they were supposed to be this bottom team. I mean, I know everybody and their mom said that the Colts were going to own that division. And I mean, own it. 
Right now, that is the Jaguars division for the taking, and that is why they are the most surprising team to me. Okay, so let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. Number one, Jalen Hurts. MVP conversation as as we sit right now. I don't I don't I don't know if I'm gonna I'm definitely not gonna anoint him MVP, but in the MVP conversation. So quarterback position, check mark. Defensive line, check mark. Josh Sweat, he is really coming into his zone. This is gonna be a big money player in the league. You know, to to highlight the rest of that defense, Ed, they have two of the top four highest graded cornerbacks in football. In all of the league, Darius Slay and James Bradbury are both playing like top five corners. So you can't run the ball against that defensive line. You can't throw the ball against that secondary. I mean, this team seems to just have it figured out somehow. Yeah, no, I, I, but I mean, when you, when you're clicking on defensive line, you're clicking, you know, you're, you're winning in the trenches. You got a good quarterback. You've got, you've got some receivers. I mean, yeah, why, you know, there's no reason why you can't be a good team. No, exactly. And, you know, Devontae, A.J. Brown has kind of been the the, the main offensive storyline outside of Jalen Hurts for that Eagles offense this year. But I mean, he's, let's he not is forget- a definitely a number one. He's definitely a number one right now. Oh, 100%. And I think that was just the absolute perfect compliment to what you have in Devontae Smith because you have the big, burly, physical, fast receiver in A.J. Brown that's going to make you regret stepping on a football field. And then you have Devontae Smith who's going to, you know, Get you on a poster. Who's going to make these insane catches in traffic? His route running is out of this world. I mean, you just have to have the the most versatile secondary to stop these guys. I mean, for crying out loud, Devontae Smith had 150 receiving yards in the first half last week, man. And I, I just, there's, I have a hard time finding a weakness on this Eagles team, Ed. I really do. Yeah, I mean, you know, offensive line maybe isn't as good as has been in the past, right? That mm. might be like one, you know, not not an elite offensive line. Would they, would you say that's fair? Oh, I, I would definitely say that it's it's not elite, but it's good enough for you. It's good enough to win a championship, and, it, and they've got some pieces and they've got some experience at that position. No, absolutely, I, I love that answer. I mean, the Eagles and the Jags, two teams that. Not many people were expecting those two to be some of the top teams in the NFL right now. So it's just one of those things that you can't help but like almost laugh about. You know, that's just why I love football so much, man. Is because you never know until you know. Am I right? And you just sometimes it just takes getting the right coach. Really, mm-hmm. that's what it is. No, and I th- I think Doug Peterson is is just the perfect uh, compliment for what the Jags were looking for. You know, super young team. You have that experienced coach that's that's been an underdog a lot of his career, and you know to take a, an underdog team and kind of get that underdog mentality into them and be like, hey, we're not underdogs. You know, we're 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 beating people. Like I don't care. And he's been able to really enforce that into the Jaguars team, and then. Yeah, it's funny that we're talking about Doug Peterson, the former Eagles coach, now to Jacksonville, and here are the two teams that we're talking about that surprise us the most. I mean, it all comes full full circle, and it always seems to do that. So, but you know, speaking of uh, of great coaches, man, how about the Miami Dolphins and Mike McDaniel? Uh, you know, I, this this prior to uh, that Thursday night game. We were going to kind of take a little bit of a different route, and the question that we were going to you know, be begging was, are the Dolphins for real? So before we go into kind of the next thing that we're going to talk about with the Dolphins, I'm going to say, with a healthy Tua Tagovailoa, absolutely. Absolutely the Dolphins are real. real. No ifs, ands, or buts. You know? I'm not going to jump the train and say, oh, this team is Super Bowl bound, but 
I mean, if you're in your our quarterback, that's what that's what Mike McDaniel says. Exactly, exactly. He's our quarterback. And Tua has, you know, prayers up for Tua, but he was playing like a top three quarterback in football. I mean, I have him in fantasy, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I bet you were super happy with that six touchdown game against Baltimore. Weren't I mean, you? I, w- I was happy until uh, Kirk Cousins is now my guy because, oh, no. <laughs> well, we know what happened. You know, he 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 injured his head, so I figured, okay, I'm gonna pick up a quarterback, um, which is what I did as a fantasy owner. Um, mm-hmm. So I can be a Monday morning quarterback and say, Tua should have never been playing Thursday night football. Should have never been playing Thursday night football. Get for the boys in the back. Can you hear me? And so he should have been never playing Thursday night football. It's it's unbelievable that he was. I mean, to to have that game. I mean, on Sunday night football. Let's take it back. What four days before that fight? Whatever. To see that hit that he got and him stand up and to wobble over like that, and for them to come out and say, "Oh, it was just a back injury." Ed, I'm no neurologist. I've never been to, you know, medical school. But you know what I do have? I have two eyes. I have two eyes that work. And I could see that Tua was just not okay. That was not a back injury. The dude was dazed. He was confused. He didn't have any balance. And we need to be more sensitive to that in, in, this, in this day and age. I mean, it's just, you know what I mean? Especially you and I being young guys and we're going to be fans of the game, you know? We're not, we love the sport, but like, we're not, we're not going to sit here and watch these guys just destroy their lives to, you know, get back on the field, especially when you have a good backup. Exactly. I mean, Teddy, I mean, Br- Teddy B, Teddy B as your backup. Why have Teddy B on your team if he's not going to play that game? Exactly, exactly. I mean, Teddy B was a starter for the entire season last year, and you're telling me you're not going to just, you know, I mean, heck, worst case scenario, let him play one game. Just get him in there for one game. And I think that what, you know, this is kind of... Especially a Sunday after a Thursday. Right. That's, That's the other part of it for me. Not even a full week of rest. And, you know, just the the way that I look at it is... You know, you have a young team that has been proving everybody wrong, that is trying to establish yourself as an NFL powerhouse, and you're off to an insanely hot start, and you beat the best team in the NFL in the Buffalo Bills, and you now you're going, and you're trying to get, you know, to, to become 4-0. You just have to give your guy an opportunity to rest. To And I don't know if any if all of you guys have heard this yet, the neurologist that cleared to attack of Iloa to play on that Thursday night game has actually been fired by NFLPA. And in my personal opinion, I think that the Dolphins need to be investigated as a whole because it can't just be one neurologist to say, you know, he's good. I, I, I think that if you have two eyes and you have a caring heart about the human being that Tua is, not even as the football aspect, you can't tell me you care about that guy if you let him go out there and play Thursday night after not even a full week's of rest. You cannot tell me you care about Tua as a person. You can't tell me that you care about the longevity as your team. It was an incredibly selfish decision to let Tua play. And heck, even if Tua's sitting, you know, sitting there saying, I'm good, coach. Let me play. I'm good. At some point, we just have to protect these players from themselves because we know that they love the game of football more than anything else. They want to be out there on that field more than anything else in the world because that's what they've worked for their entire life. But when you can visibly see some, visibly see that somebody has experienced a, you know, a head injury, that's just stuff you can't let slide, man. I mean, I understand. Okay, the dude's got a sore ankle. All right, let him play. It, you know, whatever. 
These are head injuries, man. And this is the biggest talking point about football is preventing stuff like this and, you know, helping guys take care of themselves for the future. And at the end of the day, dude, this could have been a thing that he sat out for a week. Now we're worried about Tua's well-being overall. Like, I, I don't know when he's going to be back on the football field, and I'm, I'm hoping that they give him, you know, even more time than needed because obviously that four days was not enough for this time. And then, of course, you know, another freak accident has to happen where he has a 340-pound man swirl him around and then throw his head off the ball like a basket or off the ground and bounce like a basketball. It, it's just... It's just a true lack of care for the, not the football player, but the human beings that are playing this sport. And, and it's it's very frustrating. And there's not a single person on earth that would that would disagree with me when I say Tua should not have been playing on Thursday night. Yeah, and we're, we're, we're definitely in agreement on that. You know, I, I think the league needs to take a look at the concussion policy and say, hey, you know, if a guy comes out of a game, you know, for a head injury... You know what I mean? Maybe you say like you can't you can't play him for you know ten days. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like like I think I think honestly like I think if you if you come out of if you take a guy out of the big game for a head injury and he's you know what I mean and he's you know the neurologist sees something in it or you know a back injury or just these vital vital organs or these vital vital muscles in the body right your back I mean your back is everything right mm-hmm. and uh, your back is what stabilizes you. I mean, you know, you, you got to take these guys out of the game. You know what I'm saying? And I, I you know, if 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 it's going to give you competitive advantage to make them tough it out, then the the NFL has to do something from a legislative point of view. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? The league the league has to say he has to come out of the game. Right. You know what I'm saying? He has to come out for ten days. I think I think he should I think he should have been out for ten days. I think he should have said, you know what, go home. Get some rest, get some soup, get some salad. Don't come back for ten days. You know right, I mean? and, and get, you have get your to get your mind right, get yourself healthy. That's what that's that's the right thing to do. That's the right thing to do. And there's always like I'm not I'm not one of those like you know we need to just stop football as it is, right? Like I'm not I'm not into just stopping football as it is, right? But we we need to put some regulation in, and that this is a perfect example. I mean, it should be the Tua Tagovailoa rule, right? Right. And, you know, you make a great point. I, th- I think that there should be, like, more of a an overviewing aspect of, you know, saying, like, because, you know, I, I just think that there's a lot of, you know, there could be, a, like, you know, I don't know if manip- manipulation is the right word, but, like, these guys that are in, within the organization that are there to help the success of the team specifically, you know, if it's a team doctor making these calls... You can't help but think that, you know, maybe there's a chance they're being influenced influenced to make a the wrong medical call, you know, just for the sake of the team. So that's why I think that there should be an overlaying aspect that, you know, if there's something severe enough as that Tua head injury that you should get a second opinion from a higher up, like an, an NFL PA medical person, you know, because uh, not even a Dolphins person. Like if, if they're saying that, oh, you're good to go after, you know, not being able to walk and then come in and play more football. I just think that there needs to be more discipline for the people that called that to be okay. And then, you know, there needs to be another outside source saying, this guy's not okay to play football, you know, that has no bias towards the success of the team, that has no bias towards, you know, anything like that. They're there strictly for the player's health and the player's safety. Because I just, I, I have a hard time believing that, 
that the team doctors 100% of the time are, you know, giving advice that is in the best interest of the player's personal medical health. I think a lot of times the, the, the decisions they make are based off the, you know, how it's going to affect the team. So I really think having that bigger, uh, more powerful head of the NFLPA medical, um, you know, field needs to be able to step in and make calls. So, you know, maybe that's something that the NFL kind of thinks about for this specific situation because something's got to change with protecting these players' heads, man. Yep. A full, full agreement, full stop. Well, uh, hopefully hopefully we get to see Tua um, back soon, but not too soon. You know, Tua, get your rest. Do what you got to do, man. This football is going to be here for you when, when you come back. You know, you got a long, long, long career ahead of you. So don't rush it, my man. But, Ed, I think you are very excited for this next topic. It is time for you to shine, man. This is the question that all of Pittsburgh fans have been begging. How much longer till Kenny Pickett sees the gridiron? Well, you know, Brendan, um, last time we talked about this topic, I, I, I didn't have that much confidence in the Pittsburgh Steelers' offensive line, but they've surprised me. I actually think the only weakness is Dan Moore, and he's still a second-year left tackle in the league. I don't know. I kind of think you can play Kenny Pickett, and I kind of picked him up in fantasy. I kind of, when that Tua injury happened, the guy I went to was Kenny Pickett. I just I just started to feel like it's starting to be time where Kenny Pickett can come in. He's had time. You know, he's kind of gotten to the get used to the NFL way of life, and I just about think it's getting to be about that time that Kenny Pickett gets to start. So I would just tell Mitchell Trubisky, Going into this week against the Jets, if you have a bad game, just know Kenny Pickett is breathing down your back. He's going to be dressed. He's going to be ready. And we'll pull you. We'll pull you if we have to. You know, I I don't disagree with you. So my answer is not going to be as straightforward, though. So I think it it really depends on what the Steelers are trying to get out of this season. Uh, You know, Pittsburgh, Mike Tomlin is never, ever, ever playing to not win. He's never playing to have a, a season as just a wash. He's never planning on next year. Tomlin is always a guy, it's like, we're here this year, we're worried about this year and winning a championship this year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just think that right now, if you want to start Pickett, you have nothing to lose. Like, honestly, to me, you have nothing to lose because this is a new era for Pitt. I mean, you're you're going to have to go through some rough patches, and this offense kind of is right now. And I just... You're in a super, super, super competitive AFC. And if we're being realistic, I don't think that, you know, with the injury to TJ Watt, with how the offense has kind of had struggles with getting up and rolling, I don't see this being a team that has a Super Bowl shot this year. And that's that's not me, you know, being the Steeler hater I am. That's me being a realist football fan. And so I think if you want to be competitive again in the long run, why not get Pickett's feet wet this year? I mean, why not? Why not? Because... Uh, here's what I'll say about Mitch Trubisky. He himself has not been too bad, but you're not going to win games because of him. I mean, he, he, he's he got a, two, only two touchdowns and one interception on the season. He's not doing anything special for you. You're asking him to be a game manager. And I really think that it's not because of Trubisky that this offense has had troubles getting rolling. I think it's Canada. I, I really think that this offense has 
issues that are embedded in the game in in the game plan and the play calling because even Najee Harris has had a really really hard time getting started this season when he's kind of supposed to be that focal point of the offense this year especially with this you know kind of quarterback situation going on so I think that Mitch yes he brings you a very veteran presence he's not going to bring you a big play offense uh, but an offense that you know kind of is going to wear you down with short passes in the run game like I said, Harris has yet to be, uh, you know, he's really yet to have a good game. And I think without the defense stepping up to the, you know, a top 10 defensive level, there's too much pressure on Mitch to be that guy. And, you know, he's just not. So if you're if you're asking for a, a successful season, you're not going to get that out of Mitch Trubisky. And to me personally, you're not going to get that out of Kenny Pickett either. So I say, why not? Get your young athletic quarterback out there and see what he's made of. You know, I, I'm a I'm a fan of sitting uh, young quarterbacks behind a, a you know a veteran quarterback like a, behind a guy like Mitch Trubisky. But I feel like this situation's just a little bit different. It's just a little bit different because, I, I, in a sense, Trubisky and Pickett I think are going to bring uh, a very similar offense. They're not like it's not going to take off instantaneously when you get Pickett in there. But like I said. Why not get him up to game speed so when you do feel like you're ready to compete, when you do have a completely healthy defense again next year, let him, you know, he's going to be ready to roll. Why why wait another year and let him sit behind, you know, no disrespect to Mitch Trubisky, but he's not the best quarterback in the world to sit and, you know, learn behind for an entire year. I, I like like I said, I don't know if Pickett's going to get you more wins. I don't know if he's going to be better than Mitch Trubisky this season. But I think the Steelers need to have a different approach to what they are wanting to get out of that season. And b- just because of Tomlin being such a, you know, we're here to win it every year guy. We're here to, to be successful right now. I personally don't see Pickett getting that start until maybe late, late in the season, you know. Until they realize, hey guys, this season's probably going to potentially be a wash. But I think that just because this is such a new era for the Steelers, you have to take this season with a little bit of a different approach, and that's planning for the future, which is just something Tomlin doesn't do. But when you spend your first-round pick on you know, your hope-to-be franchise quarterback with the situation that the Pittsburgh Steelers are in right now, and I am all for getting Kenny Pickett and in, in, in getting his feet wet right away. The biggest question in my mind and you know what? Part of part of playing games is also. I mean, if they lose this game, you know, what I'm saying I, I I need to know. There's a big question in my mind, and we need to know. Matt Canada and Kenny Pickett. What happens? What it's happens it. with the Steelers' offense? Mm-hmm. That's that's the question that needs to be answered. And so, to be honest with you, if you if you, I mean, if Mitch Trubisky goes out and plays really well, you know, keep him in there. But if he plays mediocre or bad, and they lose this game. You're done with Mitch Trubisky. You're done because mm-hmm. you need to know who they are with Kenny Pickett, right? You need to know. Right. You need to know this year. You need a big sample size. And you know what? To be honest with you, the biggest move that they could make in the offseason to really build the long-term health of the Steelers is not on the defensive side of the ball. It's not firing Mike Tomlin. It's can Matt Canada – you know, is Matt Canada the right guy? Because you know what? Fire him. Get the right guy. That might be your biggest offseason move of this offseason. I I could not agree with you more, Ed. I like why not take the opportunity? Because the thing is, you know, say next year is when Kenny Pickett finally gets that opportunity, and him and Canada just don't gel together. You don't want to have to. I mean, I mean, they're gonna. I mean, I mean, you, you realize know? you realize Matt Canada used to coach him at Pitt, right? 
So he knows Kenny Pickett. Mm-hmm. So I just, I, I, I mean, it's just, it's not a can't gel. It's just like, are these guys made to work? It, is Matt Canada, can, we know Kenny Pickett's the real deal, right? It's just, is Matt Canada the right guy for Kenny Pickett, right? On the, In the NFL, NFL level, yes. On an NFL level, right? Like right. we know, we know they have that connection, right? We know there's a connection there. It's just, is Matt Canada, this is all about Matt Canada. The ball is in Matt Canada's court. Right. And, and, you know, can, and, you know, like you said, there's no question about them, you know, kind of being on the same page. They, they, they know, the, know what they have in Pickett. It's can Canada create, you know, something that will work for what he knows he has on the NFL level? And why not give him the opportunity to get going on that right now? You know, so, you know, if next year, if Canada has a hard time, you know, making that transition from the scheme from the college level to the NFL level for Pickett, you don't want to have to get him a new guy. You know, that relationship is there. So give them an opportunity to kind of get the kinks and bumps out of the road, you know, this year. So I, I completely agree with you, Ed. And there would be no excuse for Matt Canada. I mean, and, and to be honest with you, they've made a lot of excuses for a lot of offensive coordinators, and they haven't had the right offensive coordinator in a long time. No, absolutely. Not since, not since Bruce Arians. Really, really, if I think about it, the last good offensive coordinator that I can think of in the Pittsburgh Steelers Todd Haley, yes, and Bruce Arians. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and with the amount of offensive talent that you're going to have on display and at your disposal, you're going to want to have that figured out for you guys. Like, at, in being in such a competitive division, I, I really think that your guys' – I mean, we know what your defense can do when it's healthy. When your defense is healthy, it's terrifying. But if you can get that offense rolling, that young, talented, physical, athletic offense – the, I mean, the, the Steelers could be in a position to claim the AFC North as their own, you know, in the upcoming years again. Well, well, I don't want to talk about I don't want to talk about winning the division if we can't beat the Jets. We got to beat the right, Jets. Right, right. You got to beat the Jets. Before we talk about all that, this and that, let's win Sunday. You know what I mean? We'll win Sunday. We'll talk about everything else later. You know what I mean? All right. We'll, we'll, yeah, no, we'll, that, figure, I, out, we'll figure out who the Steelers are you know, in four or five weeks, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I'm not, I just, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? But right. this weekend you got to win, right? Like no. if, 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 if there's a must win this early in the season, it's this week, it's the right? Jets. Yeah. It's the Jets. It, it's, you know, it's at home. It's against Zach Wilson who's coming off an injury. He's going to be hungry. Got to win this week. Absolutely. Well, Ed, I guess that takes us into our week four predictions. Um, and why, why not? Let's start it off with your team. Jets at Steelers. I mean, you said this is a must win. Do you think that the Steelers do it against a hungry Zach Wilson? I think there's a fire under Mitchell Trubisky. I think there's a fire in this Pittsburgh Steelers team. There, There's no excuse that DJ Watt is not on the field. You have Alex Highsmith. You have Malik Reed. This defense should do enough. This offense should do enough. Let's get a win on Sunday. Either we get a win. I agree with you. I, I think that it takes a minute for Zach Wilson to get back in the groove. I mean, he may be hungry. He may be talented. But, you know, coming to play a even, – even a T.J. Wattless Pittsburgh Steelers defense is no easy task. So I'm, I'm going to give this one to Pittsburgh as well, especially being in Pittsburgh. Next we got the Minnesota Vikings at the, at the Saints. And this one I, is actually – I do not believe it is in Louisiana. This one's going to be in London. So no real home field advantage. But – the Saints are without Jameis Winston and Michael Thomas. So for that reason, I'm going to have to go for the Vikings. And for some reason, Kirk Cousins just seems to ball when he's playing out of the country. So I'm going with the Vikings on this one. 
Yeah, Kirk Cousins is that stability. That's what I've always liked about him. That's why he's my fantasy quarterback this week. I'm going to go with the Vikings too. Absolutely. And then this next one, another team that's just really beat up with injuries is the the Detroit Lions. So we got the Seahawks at the Lions. You know, three days ago, I would have said Lions. No ifs, ands, or buts, but no Amon Ross St. Brown. No DeAndre Swift. I, I got to go with the Seahawks on this one. Geno Smith, I mean, he's got a 77% completion percentage, which is the best in football. I think that they just take care of the ball. They don't really give the, the Lions an opportunity to march down the field and score, especially without their offensive powerhouses in St. Brown and Swift. Uh, I see this one being a low-scoring game that the Seahawks take. I'm going to go with the Lions, and people who listen to the show know I'm kind of a believer in the Lions. I, I think the Lions get the win this week. I hope the Lions get the win this week. So I I, I hope so. But, yeah, kind of being a Bronco fan, I, it's hard for me to root for Seattle anyway. Yeah, that's fair enough. Fair enough. But all right, next we got the Bears at the Giants. I mean, it's it's hard for me to pick the Bears. So I mean, they they have an abysmal abysmal offense right now. I mean, for crying out loud, they're averaging not even like a hundred yards passing a game. It feels like it's it's just rough. They're throwing the ball ten times a game. How do you win a game when you do that? I, I I don't see the Bears winning this one. I think the Giants have been playing pretty dang good football, you know. So I, I got to give this one to the Giants, especially being at home. I'm going to disagree with you. I, I kind of am a believer in the Bears right now. I'm going to go with the Bears. Yeah, I mean, they do have that good rushing game, and, you know, Khalil Herbert had a fantastic yeah, game last defense, week. Yeah, defense running the ball win a close game. I'm going to go with the Bears. All right, I respect it. Titans at Colts. I mean, these are two teams that have been a – Big, big surprise in a bad way. Um, you know, the, the Colts somehow managed to knock off the Chiefs after getting walloped by the Jaguars, who we were talking about earlier in the day. But I, I think that the Colts, they're a much better team than they've been playing like. The, you know, honestly, same for the Titans. But I just think that this is a must-win for the Colts. It's early on in the season, but it's a divisional matchup. In Indianapolis, you have been a very different team as advertised. And I think that this this Titans team, with the exception of last week, has had a really hard time getting the ball rolling with Derrick Henry. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take the Colts on this one. I'm going to go with Matty Ryan and the Colts. Yes, sir. All righty. And then another team that's kind of surprised us is the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, they, you know, a little beat up. Herbert has that rib stuff. Uh, the, the defense is a little banged up as well. Playing against the Texans, a team that doesn't get beat up, that just finds a way to consistently stay in those games, but just not pull it out. I, I'm going to have to go with the Chargers for this one, though. It just yeah, the roster it, difference is—it's just too insurmountable for me. My guy Herbert's going to roll right over the Texans. Easy all right, win, easy all right. L.A. Chargers. Uh, it's, it's the still... L.A. Chargers. It's hard for me, millennials, to wrap yeah. my head around the L.A. Chargers. It is not the San Diego Chargers. I, I still want to say San Diego every freaking time. I, I, I still, feel I, that's the hardest one to change, really, for me. Oh, yeah, it's it's not even close. You know, I'm, I'm on board with the Las Vegas Raiders, but something about the San Diego Chargers just sounds right, man, but... I hope the Raiders stay somewhere. They're kind of like that, like, West Coast. They're just kind of like that old football fan team. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I think they need a city. I think Vegas is their city. No, I, I couldn't agree more, Ed. And this next matchup, we got the Cleveland Browns at the Atlanta Falcons. Now, this is a Browns team without Miles Garrett. I believe Jadavian Clowney is still a game-time decision, so you don't know if you're coming into that game with both of your top edge rushers. And you're going up against an Atlanta team that I think is getting pretty disrespected. 
they have one of the most talented skills positions in all of football right now. When you're talking about, you know, receiving, running back, like they're they're playing good. Cordell Patterson is playing like a top three running back right now, third in the league in rushing yards. Uh, Drake London, who I I was incredibly wrong on, the dude looks awesome. You know, he's he's leading the league in rookie receiving yards, uh, or he's like third in the league in rookie receiving yards. Uh, I think this is a closer game than uh, a lot of people might want to say. And you know, being a Browns fan, there's no way I'm not taking them here. But I think this is going to be a super close one that comes down to one of the last drives in the game. But I'm still going to take the Browns. I mean, Jacoby Brissett, believe it or not, is playing like a top 10 quarterback right now. He's taking great care of the football. And I think Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, you know, they take care of business on the ground. So I'm going with the Browns. I think the Browns win kind of handily. I think you're being paranoid about your team. Maybe a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're being a little paranoid. But, you know, I'm, I'm happy that they, uh, you know, let Miles Garrett take this week off after, you know, uh, being in that car accident. Super, super, you know, incredible that he didn't, you know, face really any real injuries. So grateful for him and that uh, passenger to be healthy. So next game, we got the Commanders at Cowboys. You already know who I'm going to take. I got to take the Cowboys for this one. The Commanders have been struggling. The The Cowboys have been, you know, finding ways to, to win without Dak Prescott. Uh, I just, the Commanders are probably the worst team in the NFL right now, in my opinion. I don't see them beating Dallas at Dallas. No, I, I got Dallas in AT&T Stadium. Yes, sir. And then we got the Jags at Eagles. One of the matchups I am most excited to watch. You know, I, I said it earlier. I think this is going to be a, a battle, but I'm, I got to take the Eagles, man. I think that they just are more sound on every aspect of their team, a little bit more than the Jags are. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the Jags on this one. Okay, all right. And then we got the Bills at the Ravens. This is an exciting matchup, man. This this one's gonna be a shootout. I mean, this, this is, is a, this is a rare week where I'm rooting for the Bills. Right, <laughs> right. That's a weird feeling for me. Okay, <laughs> you can't. But you can't go for the Ravens. As an you know, AFC so. fan, I don't find many weeks where I'm rooting for the Bills anymore. <laughs> oh man. I, I... This is a tough one, Ed. This is a really tough one because you're in Baltimore. I, I would say Lamar Jackson, if we were to give an MVP award out right now, it's probably going to that man. And he's playing some of the best football of his life. He's top 10 in rushing yards. He leads the league in passing touchdowns. And I, I think that Josh Allen, he, he struggled a little bit in the big moments last week, so he's not going to let that happen again. This is going to be a shootout. I can't pick the Ravens, you know, I, 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 I won't. So I'm going to pick the Bills. I think after having that, uh, you know, horrible missed throw to, to win the game for the Bills last week, Josh Allen is, is angry. He's ready to claim somebody's life. I think he's going to have a big day with his arm and a big day on the ground. So I'm going to take Josh, uh, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, you said the word shootout and the word Josh Allen. I'm going to go with Josh Allen and shootout. Perfect, perfect. This next matchup, we got the Cardinals at the Panthers. Ah, sorry, Baker. Sorry, my man. You have been Card- struggling. Cardinals are too good. The Cardinals are too good. Kyler Murray getting experience. I, I'm going to go with Kyler Murray. I agree. I mean, Baker Mayfield has the worst QBR in the NFL right now. He's struggling to get into that mode with the Panthers. I think this is an easy pick for the Cardinals. And the Broncos at Raiders. I mean, if you love football, you always love the Broncos and Raiders matchup. And I'm matchup. going with the Broncos. Just, just 
No, I'm going with the Broncos. Yes, sir. I believe in this team. I believe in this team. I feel like this offensive coordinator hasn't gotten a chance to get it together. This is his week he gets it together. Broncos over Raiders. Let's go. 110% couldn't agree more. I mean, if if this Denver team hasn't been prepared for any of the games, it's because they're getting prepared for Raiders week. There's never a Raiders week where they do not take this seriously. And I think Russell Wilson understands how big of a game this is for Denver and Denver fans. And he's going to come out, and I think he's going to have his best game up into this point as a Denver Bronco. Is this is this the week that Russell Wilson wins the hearts of Denver Broncos nation? I, I'm hoping i want to say yes i think this is the week russ finally cooks we let russ cook i think he finally trusts his arm a little bit more i'm hoping that the the small details the attention to detail is is figured out so they can worry strictly on the game plan i think this is the week that he has the best opportunity to win over broncos country all right and then we got the pats at packers uh no no mac jones for the patriots I know that Packers, you know, receiving core has been struggling like crazy, but they've been getting it done on the ground. I, I have to go with the Packers on this one. Got to go with the Packers, too, and Aaron Rodgers. And then a shootout of some of the best quarterbacks we've ever witnessed our eyes on. The Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. I, I got to go with the Chiefs on this one, man. I think that that Bucks offense has really been struggling. The defense looks awesome, but... I mean, this is the Kansas City Chiefs we're talking about. After coming off of a bad loss last week to the to the Colts, I do not see them having another slow offensive day. They're going to come out swinging. They know how important it is to beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, and I think they get it done in Tampa Bay. Well, I'm lucky. I'm happy that I get to root for Tom because he's the NFC team. He's playing the AFC juggernaut in Patrick Mahomes. I want to see the young guy do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I love the Neil Young commercial. Um, I'm, I'm going to be jazzed for this game. I'm definitely recording it. Definitely watch it one or two times. <laughs> um, definitely tell my grandkids about it. Uh, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Alrighty, I love it. Anytime we get to see these two uh, match up, you know it's going to be one for the ages. And Ed, to wrap it up, we have an NFC West showdown between the Rams and the 49ers. Uh, I I gotta take the Rams on this one, right? I mean, I, I think that yeah, the Rams the Rams are just so talented. McVay and his talented Rams. I, uh, I got to go with the Rams. 100%. I know. Stafford kind of struggled taking care of the ball, but at the same time, you know, he's throwing a lot of touchdown passes. Cooper Cup is still that guy. Sean McVay is still the crazy offensive mastermind. And Jimmy Garoppolo and that offense of the 49ers really struggled last week against the, against the Broncos' stout defense. So I got to go with the Rams as well, my man. All right. Well, that was a great show. No, absolutely, and I'm excited. Maybe next week we'll be able to go over uh, all the games we picked, see see how close we were, because if I'm being honest, last week I struggled. It was a, a, a week of upsets, so hopefully hopefully this week I'm a little bit more accurate and I'll be able to come and actually brag about how good I did instead of uh, stray away from it, because it was rough. But, Ed, it was it was so great to have you back on the show, my man. I always have a great time doing it with you. Thank you so much, brother. All right, Brendan, let's close out the show. Alrighty, my friend. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Blitzcast, and we'll catch you next week. You take it easy, folks.